The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us on the phone is retired professional tennis player James Blake. And I'm so excited to talk to you because you're somebody um, whose career overlapped in time with Serena Williams. You have, you retired. Well, it says Wikipedia says unofficially. Does that mean you're going to make a comeback in twenty in twenty thirteen? No, you know uh, you know better than to believe Wikipedia. That's as official as it's it funny. gets. I'm I saw that. I was I'm like, gonna... I was like, I'm going to ask him. Is he going to make a comeback? Um, you no, know. there will be no comeback. Age is nothing but a number. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but but um, thank you so much for being here. First of all, um, it's it's really great to My have pleasure. you in a, in this. Imp- you know, really amazing moment. We're a week away from the U.S. Open. One of the my favorite things to do um, in life is go to the U.S. Open. So if you are in the New York area, tri-state area, highly recommend going with your family. It is the perfect day activity, and it is very COVID safe because it's outside for the most part. Um, yeah. And you know, it's it's such a wonderful day. I love it. Um, but Serena Williams announced her retirement. Um, you know, she's my age um which is 40 <laughs> years old um and that is you know it's it, that's a lot <laughs> um yeah. when you are 40 years old to be out here playing um in grand slam tournaments i mean i remember um meeting her one time in person and when she walked in i think that you I, this happens with all people that are famous but you just imagine in your head that they're going to be you know this lebron james size like seven feet tall and and, and you she walks in and yeah. she's like kind of my size and i was like oh i'm not out here winning wimbledon i'm not winning wimbledon <laughs> she is quite exceptional so when you think about yeah. her her impact on the sport i mean what do you think what do you what sticks out in your mind like when you when you read that she was um retiring from the sport what were, what were some of your first thoughts well, man, there's so many. First of all, what you said, she's she's 40 years old out here playing. I, I'm 42, and as I joke, I'm, there's no chance I'm coming back. I played one little exhibition match yesterday for part of Fan Week here at the U.S. Open, and um, and I'm sore today. You know, I, I don't know how she does it in terms of um, how long she's been out on tour. Um, 40 years old, um, your body just starts breaking down, and mm-hmm. obviously, I have no uh, experience with uh, also. Uh, bearing a child and mm-hmm. then coming back and doing it. I mean, that's just, um, I know what my wife went through and I know that to, to come back and play at the absolute highest of high levels is, is absolutely um, amazing for any, any woman to, to come back and do that. Um, it's truly incredible, but um, her legacy to me is, is already seen on the court in Sloan Stevens, Madison mm-hmm. Keys, Taylor Towns and Coco Goff. Um, players that looked up to her and, and may have started the sport because of her, because watching her and her sister, play and um you know what they did what they stood for and you know there really haven't been any um up until now good tennis movies you know there haven't been anything telling a a great story about a even a a player or a fictitious uh type of movie about Mm -hmm. tennis because it's it's hard to to create those stories and king richard was incredible 
And mm-hmm. um, I think that's because of the story, the, the way they got here, the, what Richard Williams did, what he sacrificed and how he created two of the greatest champions we've had. I mean, you think about this era and you said my, my career overlapped uh, Serena's. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone that's played in the last 20 years has overlapped Serena, which right. is amazing how long she's been on tour. Um, and that. for Richard Williams to create that is, is really amazing. I think about that a lot. I mean, like I was watching, I think Venus Williams's first U.S. Open final was when I was in high school. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I'm 40. I'm like, this has been a long time. <laughs> they are still out here. And I'm like, I'm sore. And all I did yesterday yeah. was Pilates. Like I didn't do anything. <laughs> that I did yeah. Pilates, which is purposely supposed to be like easier. And I'm like, I'm a little <laughs> sore today. Um, yeah. But but one of the things I, I wanted to ask you is when you decided to retire, what were some of the things that mm-hmm. you thought about? I mean, obviously, Serena Williams has her own, you know, set of um, circumstances that she's considering. But when you actually decide to retire from being a professional athlete, which is different. I mean, when I, you know, ended college, it was like, okay, that's it for you. You're not going to go on to the Olympics (laughs) and track field. Like, good luck to you. Um, You know, your retirement comes because you graduate, you know, for most people in the world. But, But for professional athletes, it's your it's your profession. It's your career. You're being yeah. paid for it. When you decide, okay, my body is, we're done. Um, yeah. You know, what are some of the things you, you consider in that moment? Well, yeah, for me, it was, it was a little bit of a process. I didn't, um, you know, have nearly as much fanfare, obviously, nor, nor did I deserve it, but it was about, a lot of it was about the body. Uh, my mm-hmm. body started breaking down and it got to the point it wasn't that I couldn't compete at the level. It was that I couldn't compete day in and day out. It was that if I played well one day, I felt like I could go into any tournament and win a first round, um, maybe win a second round. But even if I did that, because uh, you have to play well. I mean, everyone out here is really good. So you have to play well to do that. But then once you do that, your body starts really breaking down and you're not really, for me, I wasn't really able to compete in that third round, that fourth round. So um, I know how competitive Serena is. I played, I got to play Hotman Cup with her, which was um, really a treat. It was so much fun. We got to play together and um, she carried me to a title and it was, um, but <laughs> getting to see her in that process was so fun. I know how competitive she is. Yeah. So to go into a tournament and say, I can maybe win a match or two, but I can't win this title because I know my body won't physically let me. That for me was the point where I said, all right, I can't do this anymore. I can't go into any event. And I'm, I'm extremely competitive, but I also know that there's, I, I always say there's, there's two people I've met in my life that are like this, and it's Serena and Michael Jordan. And they absolutely, I mean, they do anything in their power to, to not lose. They, they're absolutely driven by the fact that they hate to lose. Um, and I think some, a lot of great athletes are driven more because they hate to lose as opposed to because they, they want to win. It's yeah. that, that slight different, and I know it's kind of semantics, but it's, it's a different feeling, I feel like, with her. And when I got to see that at Hotman Cup where she was in my face before matches saying, you were going to kick this guy's, you know what? <laughs> and I mean, I, I, she was, I mean, she came into my locker room to tell me that I was going to win. And, you know, it was, it was such intensity and it was, I mean, it was, it was really a fun week for me to, to see one of the greats, uh, one of the greatest athletes of all time, you know, get to play with her and also get to see how she goes through her process and how she uh, prepares for matches and everything. So it was, it was a ton of fun, but she's, um, she's, I mean, I put her on the same scale as Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan is the person I looked up to as a kid as the greatest athlete of all time. Yeah. And I put Serena in the same sentence with, with him, um, as one of the greatest athletes of all time, not just greatest tennis players, not greatest female athletes, not she's one of the greatest athletes of all time, period. When you, 
when she's looking at you in your face and telling you like you better win, how scared are you when that's happening oh my goodness so i, I mean it was uh it was amazing because i was playing this guy a uh, guy by the name of leighton hewitt who i lost mm-hmm. to twice at the u.s open he was number one in the world at the time and you know so you go into it obviously i'm extremely competitive i was at that point i was probably top i don't know 10 15 in the world so i had chances to beat anyone but this guy was number one in the world. And so you go in thinking, okay, you know, you believe there's a, there's a chance you can win, but not going in absolutely a hundred percent. I'm going to win this. And when she comes into my locker room and tells me I am going to win, I went out and I beat him. And that was the first time I beat him. <laughs> um, and I was just like, man, she is, she, she's not going to accept me coming into the locker room saying, and that's the funny thing is like, cause I've talked to her before after US open matches. And other times like, she doesn't accept it. Like, oh, I played well. It was okay. You know, I, you know, I had a good day. Even though I lost. Like, no, no, there's no, there, there's none of that. Like, she, I remember I told her one time, um, like, because, you know, men and women sometimes shake hands very differently at the net. Like, it's extremely cordial with men a lot of times. Women are very more almost honest with their feelings because they're yep. just, they're so disappointed. They just, you know, give a kind of dead fish handshake and walk off because they're so upset. And, She's like, what did he say to you when he beat you? Oh, I said, well, he said, good match, you know, nice, you know, good luck, you know, uh, next week or whatever. And she's like, oh, I would have been so angry. I was, I was like, why? That's normal. Like he said, good match. She's like if anyone tells me good match when I lose, oh, I'm so upset. <laughs> like she is, she's so like upset and pissed if, if someone says good match when she lost because there's nothing good about it when she loses in her mind. So I knew when I came off the court at Hobbit Cup, if I came off and said, like, oh, you know, I played well. He's number one in the world. He deserved, you know, he played a little better than me today. Like, no, 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 she's not. She's not going to accept that. I just have to go out there and and win. (laughs) I love that story so much. It actually helps me understand her press conferences after she loses a lot more. You know, like, there's so much talk about, like, whatever. I mean, there's too much, obviously, analysis about, like, you know, like, what's her face doing? What's her attitude? All of those, yeah. like, conversations. Yeah. But, like, what you just said actually explains to me exactly what's happening. She is pissed right. in that moment. She doesn't yeah. want to – she, <laughs> she, she doesn't want to answer your question about well, how she feels like she played. She lost. That's all she cares about. She's like, I lost. Exactly. I'm mad. I don't want to be here talking, answer these questions. And, like, they're all, yeah. like – not all of them are great questions, you know, some of the times. Yeah. And I'm a member of the yeah, media, definitely. so I'm trying to be – gracious about it but sometimes the questions <laughs> are lacking and she's and, and now getting inside her head a little bit she's really upset with herself yeah you know she's disappointed her, in herself yeah and to give her a ton of credit i mean her and venus i will say are, are both unbelievable at not making excuses you know you never hear venus bring up her Sjogren syndrome you never hear serena blame injuries um you never hear her blame illness or anything like that she's She's going to take it on the, you know, she takes it on the chin. And like you said, they analyze everything. Oh, did she mean this? Did she say that, you know, what, what, what are we going to read into that response? And she, but she's not going to go out there and blame, uh, blame anything else. And, and I, I respect that a lot because she could, I mean, she's obviously um, so great. She could uh, every time have an excuse. And I think a lot of players do that. A lot of players have that as like a fallback as a little mm-hmm. bit of a, Oh, well, I, you know, I could, I would have won if I didn't, you know, if I didn't go out late last night or if I didn't have a little bit of a cold or if I didn't have my ankle was a little, you know, was a little wonky. I, I could have done that. She doesn't do that all at all. She, you know, says, no, I, you know, I, I should have won that match or I, I didn't play well or something like that. It's not, she doesn't blame injuries or anything. I love that about her. And one of the things that I also love about her is, and tennis is, is, is unique in this way, right? Some of the, things about tennis that I like about it is like 
you know, in other sports, the person who's the best, um, they dominate, right? They'll go in and score like 55 points. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, they blow out the other team who's not as good by 30 points. And like, that's not really that fun to watch. Tennis is different. (laughs) Tennis is the kind of sport where, yeah, that might happen in the first or second round of a, of a grand slam tournament, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it doesn't happen that way. But also when you get further in, you know, Serena Williams has been in so many three, um, three set matches. I mean, that's like one of the mm-hmm. stats that they always they they always cite that I'm like this is why she is special because she wins yeah. three set matches, which means that she was even going to the third set, toss up, anybody could win and she's like I'm winning today. Like she makes a decision yeah. going to that third set, she's winning, and that's a stat that makes me the most impressed, not like if she's winning six love, six love all the time. That's not actually what makes yeah. her special. Can you talk about just how you know, we love sort of the drama of watching her and the authenticity yeah. that comes with like the fact that every emotion she's feeling on the court, we see it, you know, good or bad. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, every every sort of disappointment in, you know, a moment if she doesn't win a point, if she misses a serve, we feel that. I mean, we've we've yeah. sort of been drawn in by that authenticity, but also the fact that like She's not coming in winning every single match, six love, six love. If it was that, like, yeah. we wouldn't even have the same level of respect. Like, she's making a decision going into the third set that she's winning today. Like, that's what yeah. she decides. Yeah, and I think it's it's what makes her so special is that there is that combination of physical ability with that mental um, fortitude to be able to, to go into every match with a little bit of an advantage because she is so mentally tough because she is in that third set. She'll tell herself she is winning. She, she doesn't believe for a second that she's losing that match. And that's an advantage over a lot of other players that have doubts. And I think, you know, there were times that people gave Maria Sharapova a ton of credit for being so mentally tough. And Serena has that. And then some, in my opinion, and she showed that by dominating Maria Sharapova. And I think um, she has that. And what makes her, in my opinion, the greatest, one of the greatest athletes of all time is that she combined the fact that she's got unbelievable physical skills with that mentality so that you'd never, ever, no matter who you are playing against her, you don't feel like you have an edge. You can be up a set and a break and you don't necessarily feel like you have an edge because you feel like she is never going to give up. She's not mm-hmm. out of it. And I mean, I think, so one of the stats is she's won six grand slam uh, titles without dropping a set. So you talk about losing a set and getting to a third set that means the other 17 that she's played she's been in a third set at time at one time or another and she's also come back from match point down three times in her career um in grand slam titles to then still win that so i mean that's that's something she's the only player ever to do that um to have to have been down match point three times and then still win a grand slam title and that's what I mean. Like she's down match point and in her head, she's winning that match. Um, and it's, it's really a special, special attribute that she has where she, I mean, like I said, it's to me, it's two people that I've ever known like that. It's her and Michael Jordan that um, I mean, you could be, you could be killing him and, and, you know, down, he could be down 20 going into the fourth quarter and in his mind and that huddle, I feel like he thought he was going to win that game. And that's the same way I feel like Serena is, is that you can, you can throw everything at her and she still feels like she's going to, going to come out on top. It's so cool. I feel like I can take a lot from that as a life lesson, you know, in, in, in <laughs> yeah. certain context. Um, one of the really important things um, I think that's also a part of her legacy is just the representation. And you mentioned, um, you know, the up and not even up and coming, but I mean, they're, they're pretty established. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Coco Goff, um, uh, Sloane Stevens, um, 
Madison Madison Keys Madison Keys Madison Keys yeah Taylor Townsend yeah Taylor, Taylor Townsend I'm like there's yeah. it's a it's a alliteration name I was like I know yeah. I know a face I'm looking at it um but but yeah. but but honestly I think about this even when I think about um Simone Biles and gymnastics we just had the cha- mm-hmm. national championships over the weekend where three black girls got first second and third that's never happened that's in incredible. the history of life. And I did gymnastics yeah. before I did track and field. So that was like, I, I cried over that. Like I saw that picture and I cried. Yeah. Um, when you think about the legacy of Serena Williams in terms of representation for, for not just black women and black people in the sport of tennis, but, but just the fact that like, we're seeing like just something different. I mean, when I was growing up, um, you know, it was Steffi Graf. Um, you know, Zena mm-hmm. Garrison had that one run at Wimbledon. I remember that. Yeah. That was very specific. Yeah. I actually remember that because yeah. it was a big deal. Um, yeah. Tennis is not a sport where there were a lot of people that look like you and look like Serena Williams. Speak to the importance of her legacy in terms of representation in the sport and, and just making it more diverse. Kids all over the yeah. world, kids in her hometown of Compton going out to actually learn the sport of tennis. Yeah, you know, it's incredible in this generation because, like you said, you remember Zena Garrison having that one run. For me, um, we're, I'm a little older than you, but I remember Mal Washington having mm-hmm. one run at Wimbledon as well. And, you know, those memories stick out in your mind and you think of it as, oh, they had one run. You know, one good run, that's awesome. And, I, I, you know, I love Mal. Mal was, um, Mal was a little bit of a mentor and a great friend when I first started on tour as well. But um, to have someone that every single week, every single Grand Slam is there near the end is a contender or a title holder when it comes to Serena and Venus. And to have that and say, hey, look, look, mom, I'm going to watch this on TV because I want to be like Serena. I want to see Serena play and showing that not only can she just have one good run, she can actually dominate this sport. Um, And that's um, that definitely shakes up the establishment of it was Steffi Graf, it was Monica Salas, it was um, Arantxa Sanchez-Vicario, it wasn't Xena dominating. And now mm-hmm. to see Serena and Venus, um, at one point they were number one and two in the world, which Richard Williams predicted, which is absolutely incredible to make that happen and manifest it. But um, to have that, um, that legacy and to be able to see, uh, to see that every single week um, is really incredible. And it does add that pressure. I mean, there's no doubt about it that um it's i don't want to say unfair but it's it's a lot it's heavy for the mm-hmm. fact that venus and serena both started when they were about 15 years old and i felt it i started on tour when i was 19 um and really got onto the main tour when i was 20 or 21 um and i felt it i mean honestly i have no regrets about my career i did absolutely the best i could but the only thing i maybe wish is that i had a little bit more of a voice and it impacted a few more people because i know there were people watching me that weren't watching Marty Fish or Andy Roddick, um, because I looked the way they looked. And especially when I started out, I had the I had dreads, I, you know, I was, I was trying to have a good time out there as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know there aren't a lot of kids with dreads that are thinking, Hey, I want to go play tennis. Mm-hmm. And if they see me, maybe they can. And, and, you know, for her to feel that, to feel that pressure at 15, 16 years old, it's truly remarkable that anyone is able to do what Venus and Serena, especially so many, actually there's tons of women now in the OTA that start at a young age at 15, 16, and they end up growing up in the public spotlight. Coco Golf is going through it right now right. and doing an incredible job um, right. right now with her, um, with her ability, with her um, composure off the, on and off the court is amazing. But so for Serena to go through that and for Coco to have her as a role model to see what she went through, um, it's, it's really, really special to be able to do that and, and have that burden 
of knowing that they're you're bringing people into a sport that wouldn't be here otherwise mm -hmm. um and it's um it's something that i don't know how she, honestly that that i can't even speak to i don't know how she prepared for that i don't know how richard um and orsine uh prepared her for that because she was absolutely looked at differently when she started in the middle of her career and even towards the end of her career um she's looked at differently and she has to sort of bear that burden it's, it's so powerful to think about but that's why we love serena um so we only have one more minute but us open starts and it's like my favorite thing i'm not gonna be able to go this year unfortunately but what are you most know. looking forward to well i'm looking forward to the fact that this year is it's, it's a little different i mean we're we're so lucky in this era uh to have novak roger and rafa three mm -hmm. of the greatest of all time and in the women's side serena um and venus uh two of the greats of all time as well but we're at a point now where right now i think there's 10 to 15 men that could win the u.s open this year mm. and 10 to 15 women that could win the u.s open this year and it's so wide open that it's fun i mean you can make picks and i can say something and i mean don't 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 uh put any stock in me picking a winner or anything because there's so many that could win it and you know in years past it was like okay is it going to be novak or is it going to be roger Mm -hmm. is it maybe is it going to be Serena or is it going to be the field kind of like who who's going to win this um and this year there's I could pick someone I mean Medvedev is the favorite in the men's right. side but um there's 10 other guys that could win it Kyrgios could win it um uh it, there's uh, I don't know there's there's even Andy Murray could make a run mm -hmm. uh, that's sort of my hope for for one of the, the older guys one of <laughs> yeah, the older statesmen for sure but there's you know Carlos Alcaraz could start right. you know could get going and could win it uh Sitsipas could win it uh Chorich just won there's Cincinnati so many I mean it's, I love, so it's great I, and well, it's the, on, the, on the women's side it's been so it's been since Serena has dominated um and once 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 after that right. there was so there, there's been so such a void and there's been so right. many different champions no it, it, it's gonna be so much fun to watch and that starts uh next weekend James Blake thank you so much yeah. retired tennis player for being here and talking about Serena Williams retirement it was great to have you please stay safe my pleasure thank you Serena Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday.